to welcome everybody to the annual meeting. Uh, we had a small incident uh, during the service. Simon got faint, so he's he's in the front of the of the room right now, but doesn't feel quite up to this. So I continue to have the opportunity to lead. So this is exciting. <laughs> so I'm going to call the meeting to order and ask him to please read the opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, source of all wisdom and understanding, be present with us as we strive for the renewal and mission of your church. Teach us in all things to seek first your honor and glory. Guide us to perceive what is right and grant us both the courage to pursue it and the grace to accomplish it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Next up is the senior warden. So this is my report to the parish. That's you. That's me. When thinking about what I wanted to cover in my report to you, one thing stood out. How blessed we are to have Simon, Monica, and their children in our All Saints family. Both Monica and Simon are very loving and caring people that work hard each day to serve those around them. That being said, Simon knows that the honeymoon has been over and it's time, and it's time to move ahead. With all the work and collaboration by the vestry, parishioners, and our clergy developing and completing our three-year plan, strategic plan, Simon has charted a clear and exciting path for us. We are thankful to those that have agreed to serve as chair of the task force that will help us achieve our goals. Juliet Allen, Children's Youth and Ministry, Luke Barton, Communications, Jonathan Stanford, IT, Laurie Rankin, Parish Life, Rick Woodward, Disaster Preparedness. <laughs> that, that is an exciting one. <laughs> New leadership brings change, and we've had plenty of that over the past year. We saw 43 years of remarkable service from Ray and Beth Chenault, 12 and a half years of Laura Bagley's strong leadership of parish ministry come to an end. Bob Woodward is stepping down as chairman of the endowment committee after serving over 10 years, during which time our endowment has grown to over $10 million. Charlie Ogburn will be turning over his duties as treasurer to Sheldon Taylor and is happy to report that our church is in sound financial condition. Juliet, Janet Todd is ending her role as chair of the adult formation, which is now led by Rebecca Parker and Linda Herrick. Over the coming months, we'll be sad to see Kim and Tim leave us as we all have been touched by their incredible contributions to All Saints. saying goodbye is hard, but we, we have to move forward and embrace those individuals that have come and those that are yet to come. We are very blessed to have Zach with his limitless enthusiasm and energy, 
Kirk and Giles are bringing new ideas to our music program while embracing the legacy left by the Chenaults. And last but not least, Jocelyn, our new director of digital communications, has already brought all new life to all aspects of our communications. An important fact that we all know, the only constant in our world is change, and we have to embrace it to ensure that we're not left behind. <coughs> if you want to see what change looks like, you only have to look out our window and see the empty lot next door. But in two and a half years, there'll be a remarkable headquarters building for Norfolk Southern. The future of our block committee, led by Michael Gragnani, has a tall task ahead of it. As we sit here today, our opportunity is only limited by our imagination. And with everyone's input, we'll be able to determine our legacy gift to our parish community and community for decades to come. <clears throat> Given what it, take, it takes everyone's involvement and commitment to help keep the train on the tracks, I want to thank Richard Hall for his work with Global Missions and Memorial Gifts, Charlie Boyd, Lee Robinson, and Ken Stewart for completing their terms on the Canterbury Court, Justin Connell for his leadership in the newly formed HR Committee, Robert Waddell for leading our new Worship Committee, Sheldon Taylor and Jonathan Davis for their outstanding leadership of the Covenant community. Over the last six months, they led a fundraising effort to buy the new Martha Stern House, as well as Covenant is now starting a recovery community organization in Tate Hall, Tate Hall addressing the local needs of people in and seeking recovery. Given all the recent excitement that we've had in the landlord business, a special thanks goes out to Trav Carter and our Chancellor Floyd Newton. I would be remiss if I did not point out the accomplishments of our Building and Grounds Committee led by Dot Miller and our Finance Committee led by David Aldridge. I have witnessed the incredible time and effort both of these two committees put forth on a monthly, weekly, and sometimes daily basis, and it's truly amazing. You cannot talk about the work of B&G in finance without recognizing the outstanding success of our Faith to Table annual canvas led by Mary Beth and Ben Jordan and their team of volunteers. Over the past year, the one thing I can promise you is that you've gotten your money's worth out of the entire vestry. <laughs> Last April, in my initial vestry meditation, I spoke about the importance of leadership. However, I certainly did not foresee the opportunities that we would have to exercise that responsibility. <laughs> to a person, everyone gave enormous time, talent, and attention to all matters that we encountered, demonstrating their true commitment to our parish and our community. Our outgoing vestry members will not know what to do with their extra time. <laughs> to highlight a few of their direct contributions, Woody Vaughn, with the help of Sarah Ann, chaired the plant <coughs> planned giving committee for four years and now has turned that over to Burt Clark. Nixon Lowe has been a faithful member of the All Saints Talents Roundtable and a critical partner in our welcoming committee. Scott Porter has provided strong leadership working with formation in the children's program. Elvira Manley, all that I can say about Elvira is she speaks softly but carries a big stick. <laughs> Finally, Dot Miller, our junior warden or people's warden. Unfortunately for Dot, she will not have as much free time as the others because she will remain as chair of the buildings and grounds. Dot provides countless hours and limitless energy to all stinks, and for that, we should all be grateful for her service. In closing, it has been an honor to serve along my fellow vestry members and the all, entire All Saints staff. 
in my role, I had the opportunity to work very closely with Simon, and I saw one that is incredibly thoughtful and compassionate, someone that is always listen, willing to listen and learn from others, and someone who is not afraid to make a decision. Under his leadership, I'm confident we will continue to grow and develop as a parish. Thank you. Next up is the treasurer's report, Charlie Auburn. Thank you, John, and, and thanks for all you've done. Uh, we really appreciate your uh, dedicated service. As John said, I am happy to report that the financial state of our parish is good. First, a quick look at 2018. There, there are some vital stats in the uh, annual report that's uh, on your chair. But we've closed the books for 2018. Uh, we will have an audit performed of that. The independent auditor's report is expected later this summer. But as that shows, we had a little over 3.7 million of revenues, a little over 3.6 million of expenses. Um, so that we, we ran a small surplus for 2018. That surplus has been designated to a fund called Property Transition and Contingency because with uh, ownership of a block that includes some of the older buildings in Midtown, we're always going to have needs. In 2018, we received the largest endowment gift ever, the Henson gift, which came in several installments but totaled a little over $3 million. And I'll say more about that in a moment. So in sum, 2018 was a good year from a financial standpoint. Now a couple of words about 2019. Uh, the, the vestry has approved a balanced budget of about $3.7 million of both revenues and expenses, and we are on budget so far through March. Nan Nancy Dodson sent out the uh, March financial statements in the last couple of days. <coughs> Our pledge income is up slightly from 2018, and our average gift is shows nice growth. And we'll say more about this in a few moments. And as John said, many thanks go to David Aldridge for his uh, dedicated leadership of the Finance Committee, uh, um, which represents the parish in uh, overseeing financial operations here. A few words about the balance sheet. Uh, we still have no borrowings under the committed line of credit from SunTrust Bank. Uh, so we've got liquidity if we need it. Um, we've got about $1.4 million in total in a certificate of deposit investment program to generate interest. Some of that is uh, surplus that we've accumulated over the years. Some of that is the young adult money that's left over from the, uh, from the uh, capital campaign. The Pritchett Center still has about $334,000 of principal left on the loan from Atlantic Capital. Um, we've leased that, as you know, to Bright Horizons for a three-year period ending in 2021, and that lease will generate enough income to satisfy the remaining borrowings under that note. As John said, we've, uh, we've acquired the remaining properties on this block. Um, th the properties are fully paid for, uh, and we have a little bit of remaining pledges left to collect, so we'll have a slight surplus in that fund. 
the capital campaign that uh, that resulted in the improvements both in this room and in the courtyard and everywhere else uh, is completed at this point with designated funds remaining for a young adult program. A few words about the endowment fund. Um, the balance at year end 2018 was a little over $9 million, $9.5 million, but that was after a sickening drop in equity values, as I'm sure you remember. We've had a nice bounce back in the first part of 2019, and at the end of February, the balance stood at $10.2 million, and, and that's also in the report that you've got. Um, some of that growth is due to market returns, and some of that growth is due to new gifts, principally the Henson gift. The funds in the endowment, now $10.2 million, are invested in accordance with an investment policy statement uh, that the uh, endowment committee oversees. That in investment policy statement dictates that 70% of the funds are invested in equities or equity-like securities, and 30% are invested in fixed income to generate uh, safety and, and income. We do employ, for a very low cost, uh, in endowment managers from SunTrust Bank, uh, and they use relatively low cost um, exchange-traded funds and similar vehicles so that we do this at a very if on an, a very efficient basis. We do uh, currently uh, pay 4.5% of the income from the endowment into the, into the church operations and into the budget. That's down from 5%, so, um, but we're, we, we're at 4.5% as our spending policy, and we expect to stay there for the duration. Importantly this year, the endowment documents, the endowment is, of course, decades old, but the endowment documents were all reviewed and harmonized and updated by uh, Bob Woodward and David Aldridge, so uh, great thanks to them for that effort. Um, we talked about the, the properties on the block here. Uh, we, we do lease some of the properties currently to um, what, what is known as Goodfellas. That, that lease we have uh, exercised an option to terminate later this year. Um, on the other hand, we have leased some vacant properties on North Avenue to uh, Holder Construction Company for their construction management office for the Norfolk Southern headquarters that you can see through the window there. Um, that will offset uh, most of the, but not all, but most of the, of the rental income loss from uh, the termination of the Goodfellas lease. Um, I think as, uh, I think the, the, the task force that has been appointed to consider the future of the block uh, has a very exciting generational opportunity in front of it to consider what we do. Uh, we see evidence all around us of, of what the opportunities uh, might look like. One of my favorite sayings is that many hands make light work, and uh, Nancy Dodson uh, is owed our thanks because she sort of is our chief financial officer. Ellen Hayes is our development guru who, uh, who sweeps the money in. We've talked about David Aldridge and his heading of the uh, finance committee. And of course, Bob Woodward, who heads up the endowment committees. All of these people are, are instrumental in the uh, efficient and responsible management of the financial affairs of the church. Um, in closing, um, as I said last year, 
the church relies on all of us to, to make pledges as we are able, uh, and I urge everybody to continue to do that. Sheldon Taylor will take over as the treasurer uh, after this week, and uh, I have been counting down the days <laughs> for that. Um, but I remain happy to help any way I can. Simon, you know, anything I can do, I'm happy to do. Let me see if there are any questions about the financial affairs of the church. Okay, uh, hearing none, I guess, Ellen, you're up. All right. Uh, we tried something new this year with our Faith to Table Canvas 2019. We put on 47 small dinners in parishioners' homes last September. 47 chances for us as a parish to offer our stories of faith, and when you tally it up, Almost 400 of us who attended those dinners were able to serve as witnesses of these important stories. Now, where were these dinners taking place? This is kind of interesting to me. The farthest north, we did one dinner in Roswell, and uh, that group was so darn interested to meet each other. They were like, that their dinner was a huge success. The southernmost meal was down in Sylvan Hills on the south side. To the east, we had to offer 12 dinners in the Decatur area. That's where we are. Buckhead, Buckhead had its own 12 dinners, believe me. And in Midtown, this area hosted another 10 dinners in this central to west and south. Now, uh, somebody must have been advertising All Saints at, at the bus stops in Brookhaven because we had eight dinners in Brookhaven. <laughs> and finally, you won't believe it, but we filled three dinners in Cobb County. So <laughs> we are everywhere. People, people, people got a little nervous uh, about attending a dinner that we labeled as moderated conversation. Uh, my husband, said one woman, is going to hate this as she signed him up to come to one of the dinners. <laughs> but what I heard later and what I experienced myself was that everyone who attended these dinners came away with new friends and closer friends. My favorite story was about one dinner that convened even though the host of the dinner was at Piedmont Hospital. <laughs> and he joined, he joined in the storytelling and the prayers via cell phone from his hospital bed with the table of people at the dinner. You cannot make this stuff up and that is so all saints to me. Some dinners needed more Kleenex, other dinners needed more wine. <laughs> yeah. All this, all this hullabaloo 
was chaired by the fantastic Ben and Mary Beth Jordan. They were our annual canvas chairs. Mary Beth is a consultant for companies um, and their sustainability practices. Ben is Senior Director of Environmental Policy at Coca-Cola. They hosted dinners, they facilitated dinners, they kept the communications running strong between the hosts, the volunteers, the parish, they thanked you over and over again. And their chairing this canvas gave them a front row seat to the important conversation that we're always trying to encourage. What does All Saints mean to me and my family? Is our giving, our financial giving, is it in line with the importance of God in my life? And what did these dinners have to do with giving? We did not hand out pledge cards at the dinner. But I think Faith to Table showed us through our stories that we are all saints. This place is our home. It is our voices that make this church. And it showed us that we could be generous, not only with these stories, but with our money as well. We raised $38,000 more in pledges this year than last year. So the challenge is on again for this fall. And that canvas is going to be chaired by Bradley and Lelia Pratt and Tom Harvey and Greg Kaufman. I know I see Tom and Greg over there. I think the Pratts are on vacation. Uh, we'll be hearing from them later uh, in August. Ben and Mary Beth are not in the room today either. They took their two adventure-loving boys on spring break, uh, a big trip. But I want to thank them, and I want to ask all the Faith to Table volunteers, facilitators, and hosts to stand up and be recognized as we say, thanks be to God. Thank you. Everybody. Good. Next up. Now I get it. One of my uh, failings in life uh, is my mother would say I'm overly determined and my wife would say I'm stubborn. <laughs> Uh, maybe I was slain in the spirit, but I felt a little faint uh, during the prayers of the people. Um, but I so want to be able to offer my address to you in person and um, not via proxy, as good as that proxy is. Um, and as much support as I have felt uh, from this church. So I'd like to begin with a note of gratitude for the ongoing privilege it is for me to serve this church 
to lead here, whether seated or standing, at my best and at my worst, a church that accepts me as I am for who I am. I'd like to offer gratitude for all that this church does and is in this city, for the outstanding leadership of our vestry, especially the six members who end their terms this year, Nixon Lowe, Arbara Manley, Scott Porter, Woody Vaughan, and in particular, Doc Miller, who has served so faithfully as junior warden, and this year, John Fraser, who has been a rock to me as senior warden. Your leadership and vestry at All Saints is what makes this church what it is today. And you have, on behalf of this parish, our profound gratitude. Now I know what it feels like to be the queen. It's rather odd to give a speech from a chair, but there we go. <laughs> there is a special thank you I do want to offer to reiterate a thanks to Charlie Osborne that um, not only for a good half decade or more of service as treasurer, but for his willingness to see me through my first couple of years here and to make a smooth transition in that vital part of our leadership. As with so many of you here at All Saints, Charlie's leadership has been quiet, yet thorough, and utterly committed to this church. Thank you, Charlie, for all that you have given. I'm deeply grateful for, grateful for the staff um, who I openly acknowledge work very hard and maybe at times work too hard that they are so thoroughly committed to this church. And I do particularly want to give thanks for staff who we have said goodbye to since our last annual meeting and who we will say goodbye to before the next one. Laurie Begley, Tim Black, Ray and Beth Chenault, Michael Crow, Bruce Garner, Kim Jackson, and Mark Wirtz for the love and care that each has given to our parish over their various years of service here. We are thankful to God for them. If you could clap at the end of every page, I can keep having the lemonade, <laughs> keep my blood sugar up. I want to acknowledge that these goodbyes, particularly to our staff, make, have made for a fair amount of transition. And that these transitions are hard because we're saying goodbye to people we love. It is healthy to talk about that, to share with others what these changes mean to you, and to navigate that together as a community. For churches like ours across the Episcopal Church, it's worth sharing that such changes are normal in the first couple of years of a new rector's tenure, where some staff who've been close to the end of their working lives choose to retire. Others see it as an opportunity to move to a new chapter in their working life, and others move to pastures new because the goals of the church refocus. Over the past year, we have navigated each 
of these kinds of transitions. As new staff have and will come in, they'll become part of a team here who have a vast amount of institutional knowledge of life on this block. In other words, the staff here have been here before. Alongside experienced staff is the deep and wide experience of you, all saints, all that you hold dear and know and love about this parish for years and years. And I know that you'll offer that in support to staff who come to serve God in this place. For my own part, it's been a deep privilege to hear many of you articulate what you value most about this parish, and I hope to hear you voice those values for me for many years to come. Today, though, I'd like to share something of the vision for what I believe lies ahead of us as a church and our ministry here together. We love one another here. It's at the heart of who we are. We love the people that we meet on this block, and we need to because sometimes they drive us crazy. <laughs> but we also know that in order for us to be a vibrant church a generation from now, we'll need to be mindful of the new ways by which people will come to know or choose to be part of a church community like ours into the future. Over the next decade and more, I believe that increasingly we'll need to seek out people to be a part of this community and not only rely on them coming to find us. So what does that mean for us and the life as a parish that we enjoy today? On one hand, much will remain the same. We will remain a church committed to justice and to serving the needs of this city, especially those most in need. We will continue to enjoy the best of Anglican worship and music. We will value a rich life of spiritual formation for adults, youth, and children. We will prioritize the pastoral care we offer to our parish members. We will pledge. We will meet in small groups on this block and in our neighborhoods, and this will continue to be a destination church for people across Metro Atlanta. I do not believe that we are called to change who we are. However, I do believe that we are called to expand who we are and what we have to offer to this rapidly growing metropolis so that we can be prepared to come to know, welcome, and love neighbors far and wide that we have yet to meet on and off this block. So what might that expansion look like? Our vision is for our worship life to expand, focusing on Sunday evening worship, seeking to reach people of all ages who are looking for worship where innovation and excellence come together. There are several Episcopal churches across the country that have done this well, from Celtic spirituality in Virginia to ancient Middle Eastern liturgy and folk song in Colorado. And as a downtown church surrounded by rapid population growth, I believe we need to be able to offer something of a similar high caliber here in Atlanta. Our vision is for our life of adult spiritual formation to deepen and widen 
as we discover new ways to meet the profound thirst for meaning and community that is so very present in 21st century urban America. For some, this will be the pursuit of racial justice and reconciliation. For others, it will be deep dives into the riches of 2,000 years of Christian spirituality. Some will want to come here to share practices of embodied prayer, and others will seek spiritual expression through the arts. Over months of deliberation and dialogue, it was my conclusion that we needed to build a clergy team with the particular skills and experience to help us expand our worship and spiritual formation life, enabling us to develop what we have to offer the city in ways that align with the needs and longings of the 21st, urban, 21st century urban setting we are in. Such work calls us to a thoughtful blending of tradition and innovation. I'm delighted to share that the first of that clergy team, the Reverend Sarah Stewart, will be joining us in June as our new Associate Rector for Young Adults and Innovation, bringing church experience from Manhattan to the Midwest, formation for ministry from the Divinity School at Yale, and over a decade's experience at Charles Schwab, offering to us expertise from a highly competitive working world and church ministry in the city and in the neighborhood church. I guess if you can make it at Charles Schwab, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> Later this fall, a second new arrival and an associate rector for worship and adult formation will complete the team who alongside our already assembled staff members in music, communications, and community engagement will position us to move forward in this work with confidence. We'll also build out our parish life ministries by bringing in new staff this year, focusing on welcome and hospitality, and call a part-time associate rector to oversee our pastoral care ministries and build our capacity for the ministry of the laity in this vital area of our church's life. Add to this that Ellen Hayes will continue to inspire our generosity. Carol Kimmel will fill our children's and youth's lives with song, and Kathy Roberts will nurture young lives and their parents. All in all, we will have an outstanding team ready to serve this parish and our mission to this city with energy and joy. So what about you? If we are to expand the footprint of our life as a church, that expansion calls for your ministry too. Just this past year, your ministry here has enabled Covenant Community to expand the footprint of its mission, purchasing a new stern house for graduates of its program, and it has prepared the way to pilot a recovery community organization program later this year. We have pioneered new ministry with Respite Care Atlanta as one of their founding congregations. And our refugee ministries are expanding their work by forging new partnerships with the YMCA and World Vision. If it takes a village to raise a life of faith, then what I see over and over is that we choose to be that village. I invite you to pray 
how you might play your part through your own life of ministry on and off this block in the future. As we move forward, it is my hope that we will be an even more vibrant and diverse community, that we will reflect Atlanta as an increasingly global city by expanding our work among other faith communities, and that our whole community will embrace and deepen what it looks like to be a beloved community, learning to love like Jesus among neighbors old and new. There is much ahead of us. I invite you to lend your voice and your heart to all that we are and will be together here. It is a profound privilege to lead you and to share this church's rich and abundant life alongside each and every one of you. May God bless you all as you journey together. Thank you. I think I have maybe two or three minutes at the most, but at the most, and I'd happily answer a question if there was one. I just won't walk the microphone to you. In that case, I will hand over to Dot Moore. Good morning. I'm extremely honored to have served this parish as a vestry member for the last three years, on your executive committee for the last two years with some extremely wonderful people, and currently as your junior warden. It's been a glorious time to serve with this vestry of very wise, talented, dedicated, and thoughtful volunteers. Our retiring vestry class of 2019 has had the privilege of working alongside three amazing rectors, bidding goodbye to our rector of 18 years, welcoming back a familiar face to serve as our interim rector, and issuing a call to our new rector, the Reverend Doctor, as I love to call him, Simon Mannering. As your junior warden, I served as the chair of the nominating committee for the 21-22 vestry slate. Our nominations process is pursuant to the church bylaws and the procedures adopted by the vestry in 2013. The bylaws call for a vestry of 18 members to be elected in staggered terms, that is, six new members each year. The bylaws establish a nominating committee composed of the rector, the retiring members of the vestry, and up to three at-large members. The bylaws state that the nominating committee will prepare a list of nominees to be presented to the parish for election at the annual meeting. Some of you may recall that prior to 2013, the nominating committee would present 12 nominees, and there would be a vote of the parish and the six nominees with the most votes were elected to serve. In a vestry meeting on March 18, 2013, 
The vestry voted to amend the bylaws to have the nominating committee present a slate of six parishioners for vote. That is, only the number of nominees to match the number of open seats for election. Others can speak to this more fully, but the reason for the change was a desire to assure balance, fulfillment of the needs of the church, and diversity. Also, there were many ne negative aspects of having competitive elections. In accordance with our bylaws, our nominating committee this year was formed and included Simon, our retiring vestry members who are John, Woody, Elvira, Scott, Nixon, and me, along with three at-large members, Hank Harris, Mimi Spang, and Denise Wingate. To all of our committee members, thank you so much for your care and for your service to this committee. And a special thanks to everyone who nominated yourselves or others for consideration by this committee. We solicited nominations from the parish over several weeks and were presented with 107 nominations of 47 parishioners in good standing to serve on the vestry slate. The nominating committee gave, gave the process careful and prayerful effort, guided by factors such as skill sets needed for the vestry, individuals' history of leadership and engagement, and diversity, among others. There were absolutely no bad choices and so much talent in this group um, who were nominated. After, del deliberla del after deliberation um, and prayer, the committee has developed a list of nominees that we trust you will agree represent these virtues and will serve our parish well. These parishioners have graciously agreed to have their names submitted for your consideration and to serve our parish as vestry members for the next three years. I move to elect the 21-22 vestry slate, the following prisoners who have agreed to stand for vestry service. As I call your names, will you please stand? Mary Brennan, Mary Jo Bryan, Bert Clark, Sydney Cleland, Dante Hudson, and Dan Pennywell. Do I have a second? Is there any discussion? Perfect. All in favor say aye. aye. <laughs> the nominees for the 21-22 vestry slate are approved by acclamation of the parish in attendance at the annual meeting. Thank you so much. Thank you.